is the Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones of MrsChristyJones.com, episode number 78. In today's episode, I am talking about an undercover language. It is a special language that every wife must learn to keep her husband happy. Up next on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. Welcome to the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Little-Jones. I'm a relationship coach, a marriage and family champion, and the chief cheerleader for women all over the world. The Wife Wisdom Podcast is a real conversation designed to help you cultivate the heart of a wife. If you are single and desire to be married, if you are newly married and want to thrive as a wife, or if you are a seasoned wife and just need a little encouragement staying a wife, you are in the right place. If you are new to our podcast, woohoo! Welcome to the family. I am thrilled that you are here. And if you are already a part of my tribe and you don't already know, I love and appreciate you. Hey tribe, I'm so excited about today's topic. I'm always excited about every topic, but today in particular because I, I'm a little nervous too, actually, because I feel like I'm about to let the cat out of the bag because I am talking about the secret language of a wife and what I believe every wife must learn to learn how to speak, what to say, what not to say in their marriage in order to keep their husband happy. And so here we go. Number one, do not tell your husband what to do. Now, this is tough for us as women because we like to be in control, right? We like to run everything, organize. It's just the way God made us. But we don't feel like we're telling our husbands to do, but telling them what to do. But many men cannot stand being told what to do. They hate when their wives tell them what to do. They hate when they feel like their wives are telling them what to do. And so the number one secret is do not tell your husband what to do. Now, let me just tell you why, how oxymoronic this all is. Because what I have learned over the years is that a lot of men, well, people in general, but a lot of men do not like making decisions. Interesting, right? They don't like making decisions. They don't want the responsibility for making the decision, but they also don't want you to tell them what to do. So we as wives are in a total, complete dilemma because we're like, (laughs) you know, God made us to be your helpmate, but you don't want us to tell you what to do. So I am going to kind of share how I have learned to get around this major issue because my husband cannot stand when I tell him what to do. So it was very frustrating for me early on because I'm like, well, I'm supposed to be your helpmate. What do you mean? You don't want me to tell you what to do or (laughs) you don't want me to help you decide what to do, right? And so what I have learned is I've had to learn how to ask questions, when to ask questions, and I've had to also learn how to offer suggestions and when to offer suggestions. And so let me just give you an example of what that looks like. So if 
I want to, if there's something that I want to do and, you know, it involves or it's going to necessitate my husband being involved, then I have to admit I'm one of those wives that likes to know about everything that's going on. I like all the details. Um, I like to have a level of control. I don't need all the control, but maybe most of it. (laughs) I like to also, I really want to know the nitty gritty. My husband's the total opposite. Give me the headlines. I don't need all the details. Okay, fine. So that's fine, right? We have our own lanes. Perfect. Well, if I say, if I ask my husband to do something or, you know, tell him to do something, there's a big difference between telling and asking. I've learned over the years that asking gets such a better response than telling. Now, I've had to go through many years of fighting and arguing over this issue of don't tell me what to do. You're not my mother. I don't want to be your mother. I could never be your mother. What are you even talking about? Right. And so I've had to learn, hey, babe, what do you think about us sending our daughter? What do you think about us sending Sky to this school as opposed to Oh, we need to go to the school. We need to go look at, check this out. We need to go find out how much the school is to send Sky because she needs to go here. It's an amazing school. And then he, sometimes he'll be like, okay. And sometimes he'll be like, well, I don't, why do we need to go to the school? And then he'll start kind of asking questions and, you know, and, and when I ask, hey, what do you think about this? I give him the research or I give him the information to find out, you know, about things that I'm wanting to suggest, suggest for our family, then I, it's so delicate, guys. It's so delicate because it really depends on your man, right? It really depends on who he is and how he receives you as his wife. So this could be spot on, or it could totally not apply. And but because again, we all have different husbands, but the but the general consensus is that a lot of men until they've been married a really long time, they really don't like to be told what to do. And they don't the thing is, is that they don't want to feel like they're being told what to do. And so you've got to make them not feel like you're telling them what to do. And that is going to take practice. That is going to take studying, studying your spouse, knowing what sends them into that space of feeling like they're being told what to do, as opposed to asking questions, offering a suggestion, and really kind of pussyfooting around the, the, the scenario or situation, really, to call it <laughs> what it is. And it is, I, I found myself really playing double dutch a little bit, like emotional double dutch, trying to figure out, should I say, should I not say it? Should I say it? Should I do it? Should I, should I mention this? Should I not? And it was very stressful, very, very stressful. So I want to encourage my young wives. I want to encourage my wives in waiting who haven't been, who are not married yet, is that the longer you're married, the more, I feel like the more cohesive you become, the more understanding of each other you become. And so 
while I still like to have a level of control and know what's going on in my family, I'm the family manager. So I need to know all of what's going on, right? In order to make, to make sure that the, all of the plates are spinning. And so when I, when I get to a place where I'm feeling like I'm double dutching, I literally ask clarifying questions. So if we're butting heads over a certain issue, I literally ask for his input. I ask for his suggestion. I ask for his ideas because most men like to fix problems, right? Most men like to fix problems. Have you ever had a conversation with your man where you just wanted to get something off your chest and then he gave you a five point spreadsheet for how to fix it? And you're like, did you hear anything I said? I really don't even want you to fix it. I just wanted you to listen and I just needed to feel heard. And you're, and they're telling you, okay, well, you need to do this and you need to call your boss and this is what you need to do. And you've got to make sure you send him a letter and an email and it needs to be saying this and it needs to read this and it needs to say that. And you're like, oh my gosh, I just wanted to share what I was feeling. I didn't need you to fix it. And so to encourage you, I've gotten to a place in my in my marriage where I can literally tell Adrian before we even get started, I can say, babe, I want to share something with you, but I don't need you to fix it. Yay. So now he just listens, but it, it took me pff, easily 15 years in for me to get to a place where we had a, we were comfortable enough in our conversation for me to say, babe, I just need you to listen. I don't need you to fix it. So I'm hoping that by me sharing this with you, you don't have to wait 15 years. You can do it in year one or six months in where you can have the conversation. And especially if you don't want your man to fix it, you just want him to listen and you just want to feel heard. So communicating that is really important. And so don't tell him what to do. Ask clarifying questions. Ask for his input. What do you think about? How do you feel about? What is your idea? What is your idea around? Now, mind you, you may already have an idea of what you want, right? And so that is, that's not going to change. But instead of forcing your idea on him or forcing your suggestion, you're asking for his input in a way that makes him feel like he's, he belongs or feels like he's a part of the situation. He feels like um, he's a part of the equation and making the decision and that you're not telling him what to do where he has no say at all. And he's kind of just a puppet in the marriage or the family. And so this is something that I have learned that takes a lot of practice. Hey, babe, what do you think about Hey, as opposed to, oh, I need you to do this. Or can you do this? I want you to do this. Can you go here? Can you do that? So it's being very directive, right? They don't like, they feel like they're being told what to do or they like we think they're, they're our children or we're their mom if we direct too much. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, do not discourage your man. This is a big one. Do not discourage him. If he shares with you that he wants to start a new business and he wants to make holders for hot dog buns, right? You be his cheerleader. 
you be his champion, you encourage him, you support him. That is your role. That is a secret language of a wife. You are the closest person to him. You can uplift him. You can elevate him. You can encourage him to the point where he feels like there's nothing in the world that can stop him. This is based on your words and your actions, right? But you also have the power to completely discourage him and completely defeat him. And I have seen way too many times wives say something to their husbands and their husbands are completely dejected. They are completely discouraged. They are completely just disappointed and just done. They're done. They don't even have it in them to continue to move forward because the person that believes in them the most or that they feel should believe them in them the most has completely discouraged them. It is so heartbreaking to see as a as a coach and family champion. So do not discourage your man. If he comes and tells you the craziest thing, like, babe, I just, I'm so excited. I want to move to the Netherlands. And you're like, huh? <laughs> and I've got a plan. And okay, be open to listening. There's no harm in listening to the vision. There's no harm in listening to the dream. There's no harm in sharing in his excitement. My husband is really excited about retirement. Now, we've got a long way before retirement, right? We're closer than I want to be to being empty nesters. So he's looking at different places where he wants to move after the kids go to college, right? Now, we are minimum of four or five years away, right? So... He's looking at these houses and this is like an everyday, every night thing, y'all, where he's looking at these houses and, hey, well, look at look at this. What about this? Come here, come here, come here. Look, sit down, sit down, watch it. I'm like, really? I mean, we're like, why are we looking now? We've got like four or five years <laughs> before this is even, can to even be thinking about this, but he's really excited about it. So I'm like, okay. I was like, oh, I like this. This is nice. I love this house. And it just, it doesn't discourage him from something that he enjoys right now. Now he wants to spend his time looking at these houses in these different places all over the world. And I really feel like mm, I don't necessarily have a whole bunch of time to spend doing this because is not for five years, but he's my husband. So guess what? I'm not going to discourage him. I'm going to be excited with him. I'm going to be a champion and cheerleader. Like, yes, babe, I love this one. And it's only 300,000. That's awesome. That's amazing. And then he's, he's light. He's got a twinkle in his eye. He's got his cheeks are hurting because he's grinning so much. And all I did was cheer him on. All I did was celebrate and support him and encourage him and be his biggest cheerleader and, and really engage with him over something that I personally think is a waste of time. <laughs> so, but he doesn't need to know that, right? He doesn't need to know that I feel, feel like, why are we looking at this five years prematurely? Because it's, it's bringing, it's making him happy. Why would I discourage him to do something that makes him happy? That just doesn't make any sense. If it makes him happy, there's no skin off my back. If I just sit down with him and engage and say, yes, I like this house or no, I don't like this house. What's the big deal, right? And so we as wives need to recognize what is bringing our 
husband's joy? What is it that excites them? I remember when I first got married, my Adrian was so into cars. He would go to car shows. He had car magazines. He had wheel magazines. Guys, these are just magazines with a whole bunch of wheels. That's it. That's all that's in the, ma- in the magazine. He would be looking at them and he was so excited. I remember one of our very first dates was we drove down to Sarasota, Florida and went to a car show. Now this car show was like 20 hours, it felt like. And people are swiffering their cars, getting the dust off. And we were in the field and I was like starving. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how much longer do we have to be here? But guess what? I was happy. I was excited. I was like, oh, so tell me about these fenders. Tell me about, well, what do you like about this car? Why are you excited about this car? What, what, oh, let me tell you, let me tell you. And then then they start talking really fast, right? And so I was like, wow, he's really excited about this. Now, this is the most boring thing in the world to me, right? Is that like, oh my gosh, I just spent 12 hours with in the cornfields with these cars, like I could, that's the last thing I'm interested in. However, when I love musicals, I love live musicals, live performances. And one of our, again, one of our first dates, we went to go see my sister in um, Baby It's You on Broadway and homeboy almost fell asleep boring. He was so uninterested, but he was there, right? He was present. I was like, are you falling asleep? He's like, no, no, no. I'll be back. I'm gonna go get a Coca-Cola. I'm like, right. So the point is in any relationship, there are going to be things that you don't enjoy. There are going to be things that um, he loves that you're just like, there are going to be things that you love that he's going to be like, but the point is you love each other enough to engage. You love each other enough to ask questions so that the person can talk about something that brings life and joy to their heart, right? It's not that difficult. It really just takes intention. It takes a self, a self-awareness as well. So if your, your spouse is excited about something, let ask them questions about it. Let them talk about it and be present. Don't let them talk about it and then you're on your phone or you're laughing at the TV or you're engaged in something else because that's not what we're talking about here. That's still gonna annoy them. You wanna be present. And while you may not be interested, you're interested because they love it so much. So number two is don't discourage your man. If in anything that it is that that interests him or anything that he wants to do, or if he wants to get a promotion, or if he wants to do something and you feel like he's never going to get that promotion, right? You don't share that. You do not share that with your husband. It really discourages them and defeats them. And it's so difficult to regain trust in your man after you've said something that completely deflates them. Be very, very careful with this, ladies, because you have the power to elevate and uplift with your words, but the same power can discourage and deflate. Number three, honor his leadership. This is a tough one. This was tough for me, I should say. This was um, because again, I told y'all I have... (laughs) control, some control issues that I'm working through where I want to be know what's going on. I'm the family manager. Okay, you're you said you want to do this. Tell me why, right? Why do you want Why do you feel this is the best decision for our family? And 
he may say, you know, he may give me the highlights, but I want the details. Like, give me the five point spreadsheet. Like, why are we, why do you want to move here to this area when this isn't the area we want to send our kids to school in and like asking all the questions. And, and I realized that when I was asking questions, just because of the nature of who I am and the fact that I like a lot of details, that it was, it was kind of discouraging to him. And and it made him feel like I didn't trust him. And that was for, that couldn't have been further from the truth because I did trust him. It's just, I felt like I needed more information and I had to learn to relinquish a a lot of the information that I might've needed in, in an effort for, to, for him to know that I trust you, babe. I trust you, whatever you decide. Whatever you think is best, I trust you. Now, on the inside, I was like, ah, because ultimately I had to trust God. I had to trust God with what he was deciding. So a big, a big example for us, the biggest was when we were sending our oldest Sky to a private Christian school. Now, when we got married, I assumed that we would always send our children to private schools because... I, that's where I went to. I went to private schools. And so I just thought, yeah, we're going to send them to private schools without even having a conversation about it. And he went to all public schools. And so when it was time to send our child to school, there was a major rub, a major, some friction going on because I was like, now, mind you, I'm a stay at home mom. I'm not bringing in any income. Adrian's working, providing for all of us. And I'm like, yep, I want to send my child to this $2,000 a month school. <laughs> and he's like, um, no, there's no problem with the, with public schools. There's no, and I was like, what, what, what? And so we, uh, we, there was a lot of friction around it because we hadn't talked about it before marriage. This is why it's so important to go to premarital counseling or coaching before you get married. So things like this that come up, they've already been already been discussed before you even get married. That's a little nugget. Then when so I really wanted her to go to this school. It was amazing. It reminded me of the school that I went to in elementary school. And so we were going on a date night and I was like, oh, can we stop by somewhere first? And he was like, sure, sure, sure. Well, they were having an open house at this school. And so when we got there at the school, he looked at me on the corner of his eye like, what is this? And I was like, oh, it's not going to be long. It's not going to be long. And so we went And the headmaster principal was talking about how we really look for the gifts, God's gifts in your children. And it is our job to fan the flame of those gifts, not distinguish them, extinguish. Yeah, not extinguish them. And he looked at me and I looked at him and I'm me immediately. I'm like, oh, Lord, please just please just talk to him shift his heart because I really want Sky to come here. And, you know, we went on our date and, you know, a few days later, he was like, you know, I was very against private school because of the the cost. And it doesn't mean that it's better than public school. But after being there for during the open house, I have to tell you that I do think that this is the right school for Sky. And I'm like, yeah, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And I, it was a huge lesson for me because I had allowed, really, I wasn't pushing or forcing, 
<laughs> I was strategic in wanting him to at least see it because he hadn't even didn't even want to see it prior to that. And I just wanted him to see it. And if he said no, I was going to have to be okay with that. But he said yes. And I was so grateful. It was just a wonderful moment for me because I felt like I was trusting God to speak to him and really change his heart. And he did. And that's what we have to learn as wives, ladies. We have to learn to trust God, even when we feel our husbands may be leading us down the wrong way, or they we feel like they're missing pieces of the puzzle before making a decision. And that is so hard. That is so challenging to see that you feel like you're going down the wrong path and not want to save it and not want to force your way into it, not want to force your decision on it and really just rest and trust the leadership of your husband. It it has been a major challenge for me. And I feel I feel like, well, now 18 years later, I'm better. Yay. But it was so hard. And still to this day, I'm like, okay, breathe. And so what that teaches me or teaches us as women is that we need to learn to patience as well. We need to be patient with our husbands as they learn to lead because our husbands, if they've never been married before, are husbands for the first time. And guess what? There's a learning curve to leading. There's a learning curve to leading us well. And we've got to be patient. We've got to offer grace and mercy to them while they're learning. And by us stressing them out, and pushing buttons or forcing them or discouraging them in the process doesn't make things easier. So honor your husband's leadership and trust him, trust God in the process. While it may be tough, trust God, trust your husband. And when a man truly believes that you really trust him, that you trust his leadership, he will fight for you till the end or die trying. He will fight for you because he knows you trust him. He knows you're relying on him. He knows you believe in him. They will fight to the end, to the end and give everything they've got to make it work for you, for you and their family. Totally seen this, not only in my own marriage, but in many, many marriages that um, I've been able to witness. And then the last thing is to create a safe place for your husband to be real. This is a major secret dialect, major special language in really learning how to create a safe place for your husband to be real. Now, creating that safe place is not like a cookie cutter. It's going to be very different for every husband and it's specific to who they are and specific to what they need. Does your husband need to feel valued through words of affirmation? Does your husband need to feel valued through physical touch? Do you, is he having a really rough, a hard day and does he need you to just touch his, rub his back, touch his arm, come next to him and put your hand on his leg and not say a word. Does your husband need you to just serve and, and make a great meal and 
just sit next to him or have a conversation about it and ask him questions. Hey, babe, how are you feeling? Do you want to talk about it? And so you've got to really study your spouse. You've got to know what it is that they need in order to create a safe place for them. And when you create a safe place for them where they are able to be honest and open without judgment from you, without criticism from you, without sarcasm from you, without emotionalism from you, you have made your husband happy. When you create a safe place for them and they feel they can come to you, draws down honest and open and you, there's no judgment, there's no criticism, there's no sarcasm, there's no emotionalism, there's no selfishness in what they share, right? So when your husband shares something to you, shares something with you, and let's say it triggers something in you where it, it, it triggers an insecurity in you, let's say. So it, it triggers an insecurity, but you don't make it about you. That's emotionalism, right? So without emotionalism, where they can share something that happened about their day or they, let's say something, you know, an ex-girlfriend or um, their, their dad died or their mom died, right? And so he's like, you know, I'm really having a hard day, a hard time because, you know, my ex's dad just passed and I'm so, I'm distraught because he was like a second father to me. And now you're mad. You got an emotional, because it's his ex, right? So now you've got an attitude. No, 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 no. That's not creating a safe place for him. It's allowing him to be real without any involvement, any emotional involvement from you where you are being selfish, if that makes sense. So you're now like, babe, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to hear that so-and-so's dad passed. That's really tough. I know you were really close to him and I know he meant a lot to you. And so um, is there anything I can do to support you in this during this time? No, babe, I just needed you to listen. Thank you for being there and listening. Okay, sure. If you need anything, let me know if there's, you know, can we send them flowers, you know, so you participating and truly caring for his heart in that moment will create a safe place for him. It is such a necessity for every wife to learn how to create a safe place for their husband to be real and honest. A lot of husbands do not connect emotionally with their wives because they're afraid of how their wife will respond. They're afraid of what their wife will say or do or how they're going to react. So they keep it in. And then their wives are like, I just feel distant from my husband. I just don't feel like we're, we're connecting because he doesn't feel comfortable even sharing his heart with you because you respond emotionally all the time. And that's a very real thing. And so the last point is create a safe place for your husband to be real, where there's no judgment from you. There's no sarcasm. There's no criticism. There's no, and and the thing is, is that you may not even say anything, but they can tell in your body language, right? So it's not only you not saying anything, it's your body language, your posture. And it really is a heart issue. If you're really insecure in your marriage, or you're really suffering from just emotionalism, 
it's going to be challenging for you to create a safe place for them because you're going to be projecting your own issues, right, into the situation. And that's not conducive for creating a safe place for them. And, you know, we're going to need to do, I believe, a um, some episodes on that, on insecurity in your marriage and just even emotionalism too, because those are real things that we deal with as women that can really hinder the happiness in a marriage. And so these are the four points that I wanted to share that are really important secret languages. <laughs> it's a secret dialect. That's the best way I could explain it. It's the secret dialect of a wife. So I hope that that there were some aha moments for you in this episode and that you really will take some takeaways for you to practice today in your relationship with your spouse. And I would love, love, love to hear about how this episode has helped you to learn how to speak the secret language or walk the talk, <laughs> the secret dialect of a wife. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I really, really appreciate it. If you are not following us on Instagram at Wife Wisdom, I invite you to join our tribe over on social media on Instagram. If you have not rated our podcast on iTunes, please do so to rate and review us. That would be awesome in helping other women find our podcast. But most importantly, I just thank you so much for continuing to be consistent and listening to our podcast each and every week, sharing this with your sister circle and continuing to just share and, and send me love and encouragement and support that this is blessing you, that it's encouraging you, that you truly are benefiting and feel like you're being served through this podcast. So thank you so much for being here. I love you so much with all my heart and I look forward to connecting with you next week. Bye-bye. The Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones was created to help you cultivate the heart of a wife by giving you practical tools, tips, and techniques to live happily ever after. Well, at least most of the time. <laughs> so until next week, keep learning, keep listening, and keep love first. Bye-bye.